You are listening to an Elam Church Christchurch podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired by the message you are about to hear. And if you're ever in Christchurch, why don't you pop in and say hello? We'd love to connect. Well, it's my privilege now to invite Nolene to come and share with us. And uh, so I just invite you to come forward. I'd love to pray with you and pray for you and encourage everybody here. We had a guest speaker come uh, a year or so back, and uh, they met Nolene, and um, they said, you know how you can just tell when somebody prays a lot? <laughs> I shared this last time, but it just, it, this never left me. It's like, I, what we want from the pulpit is, is testimonies and words from people who pray a lot. Yeah. And so I want you to just, just listen in with your spirit ears. And uh, yeah, I'd love to pray for you. Nolene, we just, uh, the Lord, we just lift all that you've spoken to Nolene before, before you. We choose this morning just to listen to, with, our, with our heart to all that you would say to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and move. We, we recognize you, God, as a speaking God, as a, a, a communicative, loving, kind, speaking God. And we expect to hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, good morning, everybody. Um, I was in Auckland a while back, uh, um, but um, I was reminded this morning with all the torrential rain of a, a pastor that came from Canada, and he said that in the middle of winter, they have snowdrifts up to whenever. Um, he says on a, on a Sunday, he is both grateful but very incredibly shocked to know that people actually shoveled out their back driveways just so they could get their car out, just so they could get to church. He says, it's such a privilege. And I thought this morning, um, I wonder how many people put their blankets over their heads and says, not now, Lord. <laughs> um, but So, good morning to everybody and good morning to those online as well. Uh, you're awesome, the whole lot of you. Um, it's interesting that Peter talked about love because I felt that's what God wanted to to talk about with the Holy Spirit this morning as well. So I know I've been prayed for, but I'd just like to open in prayer as well. Father, we just want to thank you for this time. This is, this is family time, Lord God. This is when we come together before your throne, Father. Lord God, I want to thank you for these precious people, and I want to thank you for your spirit, Father. Lord, would you minister to your people? Would you make Jesus more real to them? Would you make your spirit more real to them this morning? And all the words that I say, Father, they just offer them to you. Lord God, for your glory, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 8 is um, <laughs> fairly well popular and fairly well known, but quite often put with weddings. But I wanted to put it into the context in what it's written. Though I speak with the tongues of men... And angels, and have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so I could move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow my, all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profits me nothing. 
Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. This, this particular passage, which is a part of Paul's letter, of course, to the Corinthians, is sandwiched between 12 and 14, where he's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit on one side and the gifts of the Holy Spirit on the other side. But he puts this love passage in between so that we'd have the right heart and right spirit as we administer the gifts. The two words that he strikes up with chapter 14 is pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. He puts the two together, holds them close together, because without one, the other is ineffective. We often hear about God loves you and Jesus loves you, but it's not so common and so often do we hear that the Holy Spirit is love. I've heard him called wind and fire and water and presence, comforter, dew, power, oil, and a whole lot more other descriptions. But love, and yet he's absolutely the essence of love. It's, it's, it is the Holy Spirit ministering to us, but it is the Godhead, which is love. The whole ninth fruits of the Spirit that are represented in him Begin with love, and that love is like an umbrella over things like joy and peace, over patience and over kindness, over goodness, over faithfulness and over gentleness and over the self-control. Love is like an umbrella over it all. And I love it that it ends with, against such there is no law. There is no law, no legislation that any country, anywhere, any circumstance can pass to stop you displaying the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's what's been presented the last two or three weeks. Peter's spoken and incredible testimonies last week. It's a love story. What God is doing for us is a love story. It's a love story for us. It's a love story for the world. It's a very, very costly love story. It's a story so deep and so profound that it travels back to the very beginnings of time, the very beginnings of creation, and God's longing for a relationship with his created beings. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Just pause for a moment and imagine. Is that song that came out? Oh, I can only imagine. Can you imagine for a moment what that must have been like for the first created being? The Holy Spirit breathed life into the first humans, divine life. Life completely at one with the Creator. No one actually knows how long that blessed state remained as God walked and talked in the garden in the cool of the evenings. I doubt whether it would have been a one-off experience. 
we jump so quickly into chapter 3 when we all do our other fallen down thing and it reflects them through the rest of the scriptures. But we miss that moment. It could have been days. It could have been weeks. It could have been months. We don't know what the time system was like in that untainted presence of God. It may not have been measured as we know it. And so he enjoyed this company, this fellowship with humankind, unrestricted by the sin that was to follow it. On that fateful moment, had the man actually forgotten what God had spoken to him, the very beginning of that shared time, as he took and shared with his wife that forbidden fruit? The years between then and the coming of Jesus were the heart cry of a loving father reaching out to draw back a broken people to him. Everything was about God's love for us and a desire to have relationship restored. So he chose a people. He found a people group that he could work through that would be his ambassadors to display that love to the world. He released them from bondage with miracles that even today as we read them, they, they just rock our world. You know, they're, they're beyond even understanding even now. And yet in the end of it all, he knew it would be failure. But God. <laughs> Phil used those words last week. And I just love those two words. Everything else can go to chaos, but God. His plans and his purposes are far bigger and deeper than humankind have ever or ever could ever imagine. The prophets declared those purposes through the power of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Peter 1.21 it says, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. We have a habit of using particular scriptures at Christmas, which... For some reason or other, we don't use, tend to use for the rest of the year, and yet they're so powerful. Isaiah 7.14, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Prince, sorry, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The prophets were the Holy Spirit's mouthpiece to prepare God's people for the coming of the Anointed One, the Messiah. So many were promises recorded so faithfully fulfilled in Jesus. And what of John the Baptist as he came? Jesus described John the Baptist as a prophet and even more than a prophet. He was the final one that would entertain that moment when Jesus would come into the world as the chosen son. He was chosen to prepare the way for Jesus. John's gospel speaks clearly about the declaration that Jesus was that John the Baptist made over Jesus, that he was the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. One of the amazing statements John makes is, I did not know him, 
Therefore I came baptizing with water. The one who sent me to baptize with water said, Behind whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Can, you, can we even contemplate that for 30 years Jesus walked on this earth? For 30 years he lived amongst them. He was a regular guy. The only record we have is, which is possibly his bar mitzvah, his Jewish coming of age at the age of 12 when he got left behind in Jerusalem. They were cousins, they were cousins Jesus and John, but until the Spirit rested on him and remained on him, John did not know who he was. Jesus' ministry began with being baptized with water and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit rested and remained. The love of God found its full expression in the one who is as perfect man and perfect God would demonstrate his love in the presence and power of the Spirit of God. Finally paying the ultimate price in redeeming love, breaking sin and death's hold in resurrected power and opening the door for a new creation born of the Spirit. And that final amazing prophecy that we've had in Joel that Peter calls up in Acts 2. In Joel 2, 28 to 32. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also my, my maidservants and my maidservants. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before that coming of that great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Words spoken down through the ages found the fulfillment in the costly death of Jesus, his resurrection, and the redeemed and changed lives through the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. 1 John 4, 9 says, This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Romans 5, 5 says, God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is the essential message of the whole of Scripture, God's love, the coming of his Son, the outpouring of his Spirit. It was the challenge of love that I first encountered with the Holy Spirit when I attended what was then called Life in the Spirit seminars, very similar to what is now regularly understood as the Alpha Course. I'd been a churchgoer from little, from when I was a child, in an Anglican church, first in Blenheim, and then finally in Auckland. But this Holy Spirit stuff was new to me, and I resisted it furiously. <laughs> I've shared previously how I did receive prayer on that official prayer night, and a few days later, Jesus released the gift of tongues. But this wasn't his first encounter that changed my life. 
The week prior to the prayer night, he had spoken to me through a vision of people I knew in heaven and myself outside, with the words, it's all or nothing. By saying yes to the vision, I did not realize that something even then had changed in my heart. My husband's family were Roman Catholic, and their doctrine that they believed in, or maybe the attitudes they displayed at times, didn't connect very well with me. And one of their young nieces was to experience a coming of age of her first communion on the following Sunday, celebrating its importance. I had not known that there was an attitude problem in me until I went to the service and realized that his love had invaded my heart and removed all the judgment and had placed it with a love without any effort of my own. I felt at home there. It took me by surprise, but it left a marked effect. God has never had any favorites anyway because the charismatic report outpouring actually came through the Roman Catholic Church because he just likes to do things like that. Um, for those that aren't, it's not a common term now, the charismatic word. Um, it just means gifts or power. They would have used Pentecostal, which some other strange people had run off with it. So um, They had to have something more fancier. Hmm. Nikki Gumbel, who developed the Christian training program known worldwide as Alpha, penned these words. The Holy Spirit ministers to you. He brings greater authority than any politician, deeper comfort than any pastor, and healing more wonderful than any doctor. God ministers to you in the deepest part of your life by the Holy Spirit. The full act of salvation was brought to completion at the momentous moment in Acts 2, when God the Holy Spirit invaded the lives of the disciples. He poured into them the love of God, the power of God, the abiding presence of God. Jesus said in John 14, 15 to 16, that I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he will abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The helper has come. His presence is here with us this morning. The Holy Spirit is drawing a body together that will declare his name and his purpose in the little community of Belfast. He has touched many lives here and I know that he wants to touch more this morning. If you've never known that experience of the Holy Spirit, I do say to you that it's worth the challenge. Um, it's not comfortable at times, but it is incredibly amazing. We've been drawn into a world that the supernatural is the natural. It's the norm. God is who he is. And in that moment, in that moment, even as he breathes into that first human being, he shared his spirit with us. He opened up a door for us to enter into a full relationship with God the Father. The enormity of says that he created the stars. You know, I mean, <laughs> he spreads his hand across the whole universe and it covers from finger to thumb. And yet that one comes to dwell us. You know, the Lord loves us. 
It's his desire to see us as a people change his world. It's his desire to see us reach out and to touch a broken and hurting world. There is no other answer. There is no other place to go. Jesus simply is it. The Holy Spirit is the power that he has sent. His presence, as I say, is here right now. Just might ask the keys to come up if the power young man is floating around here somewhere. And I just get a sense that the Holy Spirit's just wanting to minister to some people right now. You know, there was, there was a sense of... Um, almost like a child's toy that has been broken. Um, something that is fragile, something that was very precious to someone at some point in time. But it's left a sort of a sense of loneliness, a sense of not quite knowing where to put themselves sometimes. And whether that doll is a picture of a heart condition or whether it was a reality, I just got a sense that the Holy Spirit was wanting to minister this morning into a very deep hurt that has been covered over. It's almost like, no, nah, this, this is just not worth worrying about, but it is having an effect. And the Lord is saying, I want to minister to that today. I want to reach out and touch the very deep parts of your being. Get a sense he's here, and as, as he's moving, he's just wanting you to reach out, to receive from him. He is God. He is God. And nothing that you go through, nothing that you're experiencing right now is missed by him. We don't have to cover our tracks about anything. I just get a sense that he's saying that you're a people beloved. You're a people beloved. I have poured out my spirit upon you because you're a people beloved. I'm drawing you into a unit that will be in that place of expressing who I am to a broken world. I'm causing you to come into a new place with me. In these last few weeks, in these last few months, you have sensed a change. I know that that change has been noticed and touched. But I want to increase it, my children. I want to increase it into ground that you have never walked on, ground that you have never experienced, ground that is shaking, ground that is threatening, ground that will not come without attention from the world. But know that I stand amongst you, my children. Know that my love for you is grounded in you. And I will bring change, but I will bring change that will grow you and take you forward. I've heard your heart cry, and it is my heart cry to pour out my spirit on each one of you and to bring you into that place of wholeness and release. Too long my children have stood in the shadows. Too long my children have stood in that place where they have pulled back from the things that I have planned for them. Too long has the world seen the church in a way that is powerless and unable to obtain the place that I have for it. But it is going to change, my children. It is going to change. And you will see my church rise up again as a standard in this nation. 
in a standard in this community, in a standard in your families and in your homes to declare the name of Jesus. Just open your hearts to him right now. There is an altar here if you want to come, just kneel. If you want to have someone pray with you, they will come. But this is your time. This is your time to go one-on-one with Jesus, to go one-on-one with the Spirit of God. He's longing to fill afresh your minds and your thoughts with the joy of knowing him. sense that he's, it's, it's almost like a fragrance right now, going through this little church. It's, but it's so gentle, it's so gentle and soft. It's, he said, don't be afraid, don't be afraid to draw into it, don't be afraid to draw from it, that which you need this morning. Just open your hearts, children of God, just open your hearts. Just receive the Holy Spirit just wants to pour in And all he's saying is just be willing. Just be willing to receive. Simply say yes to Jesus. And if you've never encountered the Lord Jesus Christ, the only way to an experience, a deep experience in the Holy Spirit is through the cross. Jesus died and he was raised so that we could have this privilege but it is still the only entrance way. And whether you're online right now or whether you're here, he's just asking you to come into that place of encounter. He's asking you to, to, to bring yourself genuinely to him, to confess from your heart the things that you know are wrong before him, and to invite him to your life. And he's promised in that moment that you will receive the gift of the Spirit of God. But there's the only way you can come is through repentance. And the only way you can come is through honestly acknowledging who you are before God. But you are loved, you are loved with a love that is beyond any other love. Thank you for listening to this Elam Church Christchurch podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit www.elamchristchurch.org or connect at one of our services every Sunday at 10am.